going to be a short and sweet one this week. <laughs> Hi, this is Erin, and welcome to Everything EFL, my little podcast about English language teaching and other teachy stuff too. Credit and honourable mentions will be given during the episode or in the show notes. Let's crack on. Hi guys, lovely to be here, lovely to see you. If you're new, welcome. If you're not new, welcome back. So... I'm in a quite a ponderous mood. Um, I'm going to blame that on the chats that I've been having with my friend Christine. I'm going to credit her with the flow of conscious thought that's about to come. We have very similar ideas about teaching and, and she's the one who inspires me a lot, to be honest. And she makes me a better teacher and that's the kind of teachers that I want to surround myself with. How about you? I also want to preface this just by saying that this episode is like a, a quick snapshot of what's to come in a future episode with Christine. So... I've just been thinking a lot lately about how the way I've been teaching and I feel like sometimes teaching can become a little robotic. Open course book, teach grammar, lead in, present, controlled activity, free activity, set homework, tick off the lesson on the school syllabus, review. Even if you're putting your heart and soul into it, are students learning? Is your classroom conducive to learning, whether it be online or physical? Unfortunately, and I think you'll agree with me here, schools are so intent on teaching the syllabus. And, and to me, it's just, it's becoming a dirty word. Like there are so many other more important things that can be pushed to the side because, you know, you, you're meeting these demands. It's not your fault. You have these criteria, this criteria that you have to meet every week. Why are schools so worried about sticking to a syllabus with language learning? I mean, students react so differently to language learning some you know it's just a gift they have some struggle with it some absolutely hate it a lot of students come to lessons with learning barriers in place i would argue especially adults who have had maybe not so pleasant experiences with learning languages so you're dealing with all of that while trying to stick to a syllabus it just doesn't make any sense to me don't get me wrong textbooks have their place but they shouldn't be at the center of well anything to be honest so my question to you, my lovely teacher, is are you teaching or are you facilitating learning? Are you allowing your students to learn? Are you putting the human at the centre of the learning? And I think this is something that we, we sometimes forget, you know. It's like, I have students, this is what I have to teach. And, and it's easy to forget that there's a human at the centre of that or several humans. And they all have different needs. Some of them are secure, some of them are insecure. Teaching should be a communal experience where students have a level of autonomy and control over their learning and the way they feel about it. When a student is stressed, anxious or not feeling in control of the situation, no learning will take place. I said in episode 46, um, feel free to disagree with me here, I think that grouping is an important aspect of this. Allowing students to breathe and go at their own pace and I think also it's easier for you to monitor. So grouping your students in terms of thinking about the pace of the activity or the pace of the lesson. Weaker students, if they are in their own groups, they won't be intimidated by students who they feel are much better or the confidence that those students project. And if you put stronger students in their own group, then they can go at their own pace. They're not slowed down and you can throw in something a little bit challenging for them, either some extra stuff or ask them to dig a little bit deeper and produce more with the activity that you've assigned to them. 
And I think that after a while, you can slowly start mixing them for various activities. But I would say only after you see a visible change when students uh, physically appear more relaxed, more confident. They're a little bit faster to answer. They're not afraid to say, I don't know. You could do a few things like introducing a 10 minute chat. Um, this is an idea given to me by Erin Myers. Basically, you brainstorm or students brainstorm questions they would like to ask each other. You could put them on a jam board or put them on the board or whatever, and they can choose a couple of questions. They write them down. And then every day for 10 minutes, they go into their breakout rooms or they are paired up with a different student and they ask each other the questions. And this solves the issue of but if I'm grouping my students in terms of ability, they're not going to talk to everybody. OK, I get that. But group them in terms of ability when they're doing something new or some review or something like that. And then every day for 10 minutes, they can go into their pairs with a different student they don't necessarily talk to. And then at that point, they can sort of get that connection with them. This is an example of a community building activity. And I have an episode coming soon dedicated to that topic, which I'm very excited about. So let's talk about stronger students for a bit. As well as keeping them busy and challenging them in their own groups, why don't you teach them to lead activities? Like, why, why are you doing the homework check? Why can't the students do it if you give them a few phrases like, OK, let's move on. OK, uh, Magda, what's number one? Do you agree, class? OK, let's move on to number two. What's wrong with that? They could do it in groups. Easy. And then also teach them to treat the weaker students with a little patience and kindness drawing them out of themselves by asking them questions, giving those weaker students a little bit more time to think and answer. So you're teaching them how to talk to people in a different way, building their communication skills. This is invaluable. You're making them better people. If students are trained to take direction, the autonomy of learning can be put onto them. I think it's important for them to know that the teacher isn't and shouldn't be the focus of the lesson. And look, this grouping might be a little bit painful at first. I mentioned it in episode 46 when talking about my own groups. But the difference between four weeks ago and now is remarkable. Just the confidence they're projecting, the smiles, I can visibly see they're more relaxed because I gave them the time and the space and the autonomy they needed to come out of their shell and feel okay about speaking. But Erin, I have an elementary class. Okay, I get it. This kind of stuff is easier said than done and I agree. Higher levels are definitely able to do more. Okay, but with the lower levels, you can still give students phrases and sentence frames to use um, and you can get them to do the same kinds of activities regularly like checking homework together. Why do you need to be a part of that? Give them the phrases. My turn. What's number three? How about you? Let's move on. What's wrong with that? And then maybe have a five minute how are you session at the beginning of your lesson. Again, without you being too much involved. Sentence frames, give them a sheet of paper with lots of questions. You know, what did you do yesterday? How are you feeling today? With really lower levels, um, just put lots of fixed phrases that they can choose from with an emoji or a picture to reflect the meaning of that sentence. You won't have to spend too much time doing explanations, but they will easily understand and they will have lots of options to choose from. This familiarity with language and their ability to respond will boost their confidence. Also, you can do lots of culture stuff, you know, low level listenings and readings, pictures, delivery of useful phrases and so on. Using lots of praise. OK, um, critical thinking. It doesn't have to be about questioning your government's intentions in a long, complex, high level discussion. You can do things with lower levels like, you know, comparing two cities, um, put this dialogue in the correct order. 
ask their opinion on a simple topic, again, providing some options for answers, which enables them to give you an answer. So guys, let's not just teach, let's guide and facilitate. Let's lead with good examples of behaving with patience, kindness and compassion. Let's praise and critique in a casual, relaxed way and downplay mistakes made. It's not a big deal. We'll make some corrections and let's move on. Let's enable students to come up with the language themselves, done with bite-sized chunks of learning every day so all students feel like at the end of the day they've achieved something. More to come in a future episode about that. Let's establish trust between you and the students, but also student to student. Let students know it's okay to make mistakes and admit they don't know. Let's try to make our students better people with critical thinking activities, cultural awareness activities, community building activities, and raising their awareness of things like kindness and compassion towards their fellow students. All these things lead to security, which hopefully leads to motivation, which hopefully leads to learning, hopefully with some enjoyment. All this begins with how we make our students feel. We as teachers are responsible for that. This takes time. Trust takes time. Feeling safe and secure in an unfamiliar environment takes time. Jump out of your comfort zone of the course book and take the time to create a space where students feel secure enough to relax and learning will happen. And just see the difference in your students' demeanour too. It shouldn't be about you and the list of things you have to achieve by the end of the week. This is the way the classroom should always have been. It's worth the wait, I promise. So what resonates with you? Would you like to hear more? Keep your eye out on social media for another more in-depth discussion about humanistic learning with the legend that is Christine Mullaney or subscribe to Everything EFL and the episode will magically appear in your podcast player as and when. So guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please spare a few minutes of your time and write a kind-worded five-star review on Apple or Spotify. This will help me enormously and push me up the ratings and get my name out there. Follow me, Everything EFL, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn and engage with me and my followers. If you would like to contact me, my email is in the show notes. Finally, and most importantly, share this episode on social media and tell your colleagues. Share the love. Bye. <laughs>